about things that uh, have existed or that are um, but uh, I think these things basically manifest uh, manif the, these are the manifestation of the separation between certain types of people so to speak so people of the working class from uh, separated from people of lower classes or considered lower classes like homeless people or whatever um, so they're um, um, that, and that is basically what, what I find so offensive about it because these are forms of architecture perpetuate the problem of the separation between these types of people and between the community uh, in, in a society like we live in so we do not try to live side by side in coexistence, but rather try to uh, manifest walls and barriers so to, uh, to kind of like edit out the parts of society we, like to, we don't like to see and we don't like to deal with problems. And so these certain types of communities get more overlooked more and more because of they are not the uh, they are not also, um, when I think of these abandoned places and how it is related to Philip's work I also see the relation between abandoned places that how society is not paying attention to certain spaces anymore certain buildings that used to be part of society and I see this relation also to the people that get abandoned um, through this architecture that is Philip depicting in, in his work and that there is like you said like it's a bit of the same society that mm. these people who are often then homeless people or partially homeless people they often end up using these abandoned and empty houses, empty spaces, at least for a certain amount of time till they maybe get kicked out, even though these buildings are not, or these spaces are not officially reused or not in a in the short term, still they are not welcomed there mm -hmm. and pushed away, even though there's no official use yet for these places. And yeah, I see mm -hmm. some similarities in how society is abandoning things that used to be part of mm. their society and try to get rid of them or ignore them mostly even. It's interesting. Uh, I just thought about the fact that these spaces are interesting to a lot of people. I guess including you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Where it was like me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think be, because they kind of like post like little as, as little spots of freedom in our super rigid world normal world, normal world where there are s certain societal norms that you have to follow and things to do and not to do and if you enter these kind of places you are in a community of people who are willing to break the law to get to somewhere other people don't go mm. and then kind of like use these spaces in their own manner or to their Wait. own mm -hmm. to their mm -hmm. own needs um, and it is interesting how these uh, how there are 
completely different um, uh, dynamics uh, once you enter these kind of places and I would be really be interested to see how um, if there is still a kind of code or mm, code of conduct code of conduct or system of uh, rules or norms that apply in these communities if mm. you, or they aren't really communities because it's super diverse to see. I think in a way it's a community yeah oh yeah because um, I think something is responsible for the attraction because I don't think everyone would go into an urban building mm. you know and one of the interesting phenomena for me is I've taken like four people there and people react differently mm -hmm. and I try to observe this and I find it very interesting how people project anxiety you know I mean a lady told me the next time we come maybe we should bring a bubble and so I said I've been coming here for eight months and it's nothing has happened and we're together so you should feel safe and another stood outside and tried to take photographs on the outside you know there's something about a space that's not normal and so you don't know how to be because you're coming mm -hmm. from a normal place where you perform in a different way but then you're in this place which you know it's in a state of object so you don't you don't know how to be in this in this place and Every time I go, I mean, there's always someone who's been there after me, who sees the drawing. I mean, there's this guy who maybe writes the name of all his crushes on the wall. Barbara, <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Gisela, whatever. And it's so interesting because most, I mean, most of the time I also go without a camera. So I do some sort of quote-unquote forensic study of mm -hmm. what's going on in this guy's mind. What is he thinking? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I know he wouldn't maybe just go out and start writing names, but you know, it's also a, a place of projection. And other guys, you know, sit, and there's always like a design, like, you know, the tables and the chairs arranged differently every time. Mm -hmm. And now, the last time there was a sleeping place, I mean, no one lives there, but everything is like this temporal. And there was a time I met someone who's from North Africa, and he walks around, and during the break at the walk, he comes there. To smoke and listen to music and then he was there and say oh this is where I just come to clear my head I just feel okay and feel at home in this place and this is like a messed up place mm -hmm. so why does he feel at home in that place and not I mean there's a very beautiful park just beside mm -hmm. not <laughs> very like really beautiful park but then in this place so I feel like an architecture inherently um, has this thing which is homey so either stripped of this normativity of being a home, I mean, it will still be a home, even though it's like abandoned and in a mess. Mm. So in a way, it provides some sort of safe space for a certain type of people. Because the question to myself was, why was I attracted to this building? I was with mm. a friend who lives in Gelsenkirchen, and she doesn't even know I've been coming back for eight months to this place. Because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I came back later by myself, over and over until I, I don't feel any anxiety in this in this bit because you know some some sort of relationship and I know almost every when something moves I know it's water dropping at that place you know I feel much more safer <laughs> and it's so weird uh, the relationship but and then the question to myself at that time is what was going on in my life at that time that made me feel drawn to this kind of place was like oh I hated I was eating where I was living so I didn't feel like I'm at home where 
I was living. So I needed a place to be, to feel safe. Mm. And that provided me that place where I could just you know, also sit down and not do anything. Or just go with my pen and, and, and paper. Just because I, I feel like I couldn't do that where I was living. So in a way, it, it gave me some sort of cover. So it's some sort of symbiotic relationship. Like I empathize with the state of the building and then also empathizing with my state of mind, my psychology and my emotion, emotional needs at, the, at that time. And I think it's also the same thing that goes for these guys who come to just, you know, listen to music in the afternoon or draw on the wall. You know, it's a place of freedom. And some guys take a drop somewhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, people just do different because they're not good rules, they're not laws, you know. to speak for my own um, personal attraction I think it would be you know the whole concept of ab abjection you know that's attracted me to to the building I mean I mean before now I've been very fascinated with things in decay like you know and I'm not coming from an infrastructure point of view or even social mm -hmm. it's always from like a, um, an emotional and psychological point of view of you know uh, the body and objects architecture and objects, you know, things and objects, like food. You know, I watch, the, I mean, it's so weird, like I have like part of food decaying, just observing the process of life and, and that thing. I, I do this and I record and photograph all these things. So I think it, it will start, you know, this building falling apart, sitting, you know, will be the first thing to, you know, look at it. Um, Things are changing. Mm -hmm. And what was your reaction when you first walked into the space? Well, I mean, for me, it was, it was coming from Nigeria. <laughs> Anxiety, of course, of like empty building, abandoned spaces. So the first thing is to think of safety. Mm -hmm. Or is it safe? And then if something moves, and <laughs> maybe something, you know. But outside of that, well, I mean, when I was able to like calm down, you know, it. At first, a lot were very unfamiliar because, of course, I'm coming from a different context and culture. So sometimes when I see things, I don't know what they are. Mm. So it took a long time to know that, oh, this is what they used to insulate building because we don't insulate shit when coming from. So it's, it feel, you know, the materials were so strange mm -hmm. to me. Like, what's and this? you see it kind of constructed. Yeah, and I'm thinking, what's this? You know, I look and I, I couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of time because it was so strange because I couldn't see. Uh, for a long time going there you know I wanted to photograph but I couldn't see yeah, and, and that's coming from my ignorance of I don't understand the language of architecture and I'm not an architecture photographer and then I don't understand the materials so I couldn't project meaning to it also mm -hmm. it took a long time of going away you know reading and going back I'm like oh I think I get it get this now and then over and over to see that okay, I don't think I can express what I feel with, you know, photography because it's still anything to move because there's some sort of movement also in, in that space, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. That's actually something that I wanted to ask all three of you um, because you're all, I guess, interested in the interaction or like the human interaction with these spaces. Um, how do you feel about depicting that through photography? Yeah, that's something I've thought about uh, a lot, especially as I don't really feel comfortable about the idea of putting people 
deliberately putting people into the pictures yeah. or kind of like put pe put humans in context with what I'm pho photographing yeah. because uh, the main thing is that for me personally it's not it is about the uh, interaction with uh, of people with these spaces but more in a happy kind of way I for me it's going it's interesting if you find spots where you can see that people interact with these spaces but express their um, express their feelings about it mm -hmm. which in this case is mostly is anger or disagreeing with what has been done there mm -hmm. um, but I could not uh, uh, could not uh, think about any way of maybe like maybe putting people in a portrait situation and then put them side by side with these yeah. photographs because I don't want to really look at the victims or what some people might consider the victims of these things mm -hmm. um, because mainly it is about for me it is about the idea that is yeah someone about, creating this object yeah of aggression or like n not necessarily aggression but it's more like passive aggression where it's like of control of saying like here you go come here sit down have a rest oh but like this bench is slightly slanted so you might get tired of sitting here <laughs> um but yeah i there are still these kind of things where you can see kind of like traces or like very subtle interaction with things mm -hmm. um and that's probably the uh, uh, the reason why most people think that these areas where I'm photographing are super rundown, third street, very dirty, uh, weird places, but they're not. They're basically like, if if they're not on the main street, they're just right next to it. Mm. Um. Yeah. I still struggle with the idea of um, putting people into these photographs or kind of like making this uh, making the human factor more visible mm -hmm. because that it is very important um, but I don't yeah as I said I don't know how to really do it uh, bes uh, other than um, or confront them with the object yeah but I, as I said, I don't definitely wouldn't want to like define people that I think or that society might think are at uh, um, are addressed with these art kinds of architecture because one thing that I, I hope is going to get really clear in the end is that everyone is basically. Um, basically affected by these mm -hmm. kinds of inter uh, by these kinds of interventions some are more some more than others and people that we are most vulnerable are most affected by that mm -hmm. and that these are the people that we think about firsthand so that's why most uh, it's mostly uh, homeless people we're talking about when we look at these kind of things yeah Um, they doesn't. Sh they don't show their aggression immediately. I think. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think, like you said, they are quite invitive to sit down and they don't tell immediately how limited this time is that you mm-hmm. kind of allow to stay there or mm-hmm. that you will feel comfortable sitting there or staying there. And um, I think this is a really important part that it's such a hidden aggression mm-hmm. and um, that we are not immediately aware of what is been done to society or what like the or the level of control maybe or yeah. like the level of planning that's going into it yeah up until the point where you get uh, where there um, where you will get uh, where your time will is go- is being metered for how long you're sitting in a certain spot there's been uh, incidences where uh, where old people were getting fines because they were sitting on a bench too long because they kind of they were thought uh, the people um, working for a uh, for the tram company uh, thought that the old uh, an old guy sitting at the main station in Düsseldorf uh, was a homeless guy mm-hmm. and so they kind of like um, they waited for a certain period of time when they thought it's going it's appropriate to shoo, uh, shoo him away and so he they confronted him and tried to move him from this public space and basically find him for being in a uh, for camping that's how they phrase it camping in an open in an in a public of power mm-hmm. and a clear representation of power and uh, div- and the division of certain types of people mm-hmm. and yeah that's where and th- that's where uh, borders come in they're like also physical oh. representations of power in a very literal way mm-hmm. and pleasure and exclusion what gets in what gets out yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like this is why I see so many similarities uh, between our words, because I th- I have the feeling what you depict in your project is the geographically smaller version, like the inner city version of what is happening in the world in so many different places, like the artificiality of these architectures to select so uh, like to select people to divide groups and to say like who's worth being part who's allowed to be part of our society and who do we push out like who do we push away and how with which kind of mechanism and which kind of system do we do? like there is this big pattern that exists and that is build up over years to make it more and more efficient and it is also this artificiality that is within these systems like i became way more aware i think i was for only a little bit aware of these kind of inner city uh, systems to like exclude or to push a certain group of people away i think it it exists in most bigger cities in one way or the other but since i got um since i got to know your project i became way more aware when i was traveling into other cities and i was paying attention even just a little bit more and i've 
notice so many small things mm. that I didn't recognize before and I could clearly see the bigger pattern within this and how it is visible in more or less the same way in all the bigger cities and how these big cities and I think not only for cosmetical reasons but very much for economical reasons mm -hmm. push this society this group of the society away yeah. and <clears throat> sorry try to present like this prestige part of the society and mm -hmm. the and then the quarantine part of the society I mean I you know like I've been going to Amsterdam since I think 2012 and because I, I always stay like in the bougie part of town because of the people <laughs> I visit <laughs> I didn't realize um, the other side of life you know and so a lot of my friends live in Amsterdam as artists and they have a studio because if you are in a way accomplished you can get uh, like artists um, housing so to speak so I w then I decided to visit this part of Amsterdam like so far away it's called Belma whoever knows and then it's a large community of migrants, mm -hmm. mostly Africans, Surinamese and all whatnot. And it's like totally, you know, I could almost ask, am I still in Amsterdam? Like mm -hmm. the aesthetics, is architecture, everything is very different. And of course the people there, you know, different. And I, I, I was very confused <laughs> because if I have to, you know, compare where I was coming from and also to look into like, you know, the history of how Belma comes, came to be and you know the politics and how things work as I guess like the Dutch Dutch system but you know it made me uncomfortable and then now I feel worse because um, earlier in the year I was having an exhibition and so I had a lot of friends come to the opening and at some point we, we decided also after the uh, we're just gonna go to Belmont and the studio cook and drink and talk. So I was that tired and hungry. When we arrived at the studio, I saw like a meat pie, so to speak. So I, I'm like, I'm starving, wake me up for the food. Ignorantly, I didn't know this was fish cake <laughs> made with weed. <laughs> so, of course, what happened later was like. <laughs> took so, a big bite out of it. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I just went straight to like the couch and slept. So these idiots who were supposed to wake me up to eat food, <laughs> they didn't because so we didn't want to wake you up and all. So I, I and and then my alarm, uh, I woke up in the morning trying to get back to the city because I had to go to the museum with someone. Then I felt so strange. I mean, if you eat something and you know like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to get high. And you know, I was, I felt so really like, I mean, I haven't really eaten during the day, and then of course, if you eat something made with weed, <laughs> I mean, it's worse than smoking, and <laughs> and so I I had this bad reaction and crisis, you know. I thought I was dying. I was, you know, it was really chaotic. So we had to. So I told them, you know, call the ambulance, and for the first time, so these people they would not come to Belmont. What? They, they did not, not come, come to the region. They would not come to that region. So oh. you, so they're saying, oh, you just have to. Find uh nearest thing. This is an emergency situation. If I was going to die, I was going to die. It was that bad. And then they're like, 
but they would, I mean, it was so shocking. They wouldn't come to, to that part of town. You know, so I called my host and I said, you know, say I have this situation, blah, 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 I need an ambulance. Oh, the ambulance will not come to Belmont. You have to get to, you know, I mean, everything feels to me like, please wake me up from this dream. And, and the first, for the first time, I realized, you know, like, even now that I'm, I live far away from home, I live in Europe, I mean, I have to be much more careful what I'm eating, <laughs> or, you know, like, I mean, now I have to increase my, I think I'm already a paranoid person, but, you know, that's like, I need another, like, double shot of paranoia, <laughs> you know, like, so what's in that stuff, you know, I mean, if I, if I, I mean, if I leave my drinks, I'm never going back to it, I'm so like, okay, who are these people, you know, Amsterdam is a crazy place, like, you know, you can get things slipped in your drink and all this, but, you know, it's so crazy how a system is designed, these are people who pay taxes, who also pay insurance, because you cannot live, of course, in Europe without insurance, but ambulance mm -hmm. will come, mm. and then, you know, it, it was really about, about, and then also when we arrived at this hospital, it was like, you know, they already looked at the people, and then, you know, asked stupid questions, they think I'm a junkie, you know, like, we were so badly treated, even though, like, I mean, we're fucking paying, excuse my French. Mm -hmm. And in all these things, to see like how our system is designed to say, you know, the, you could see that otherness, like, you know, these people, you know, I mean, then, I, I mean, my also like politicians were like on the city council, and then sometimes they speak and they say, you know, I mean, we used to do a lot of programs in Burma, we do something for them, like, you know, it, the conversation is never yeah. about, about, you know, yeah. our, Part of, I mean, these are people who've been tsunamis, have been, I mean, they've been there. And it's so funny, even because, like, <laughs> these people also, like, you know, they're like a mixture of Asian, Indonesian, and all whatnot. You know, so, I mean, I think growing up in a place like a Dutch society, they also suffer that otherness. So, mm -hmm. but then, of, of course, you know, I mean, now they're, of course, much more privileged that they don't realize how, you know, they kind of like, put other people in some sort of box mm -hmm. and now like you know you know I when I was I, I arrived and I was telling like my other professor do you know the ambulance wouldn't come to Belmont she wasn't surprised and you know the you know the attitude I was shocked and I'm like, like it's so was, accepted like, within like, the society it's, okay. it's so known yeah that's... and this is like 2019 that's... and it's like mm. I'm like okay what it is Artificiality of borders and yeah, who's the one deciding or who are the ones in power to decide mm. where the borders are and when to put them up also to how they went how they go from one drawn line on the map mm -hmm. that seem or that is kind of invisible in our regular lives, especially with us living in Europe with all the borders, like most of the borders being taken off, there's very little yeah, border control. Yeah, there's a sign maybe. Exactly, so there's now the sign like, welcome to the Netherlands, welcome to France, or bonjour, you know, <laughs> just like, ah, or au revoir, and mm -hmm. this is the thing, like very, very friendly and small. And free, you travel free, without yeah. a passport, there's, exactly. there's no requirements to like cross those borders even for people hmm. who don't have a european passport can they can move around freely with within europe exactly once if you... they're not taking a plane if they're just traveling by train nobody's gonna check no, their passport no you, you, you still 
needed your passport. You know, you still <laughs> need it. You have to have it with no, you, but, but it's like, still like it's still no problem once like, you're I, within yeah. Europe. I, I just went took the train to Paris and I like took my passport with me because I like I forgot that nobody actually checks it. It's like maybe like I, I don't know how often they actually check it. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. I, whenever I have taken the train, like anywhere else outside of Germany, it's like someone just wakes up one day and they decide oh today we're checking passports Mm -hmm. but it's like also like a very eclectic thing there's no office you know like if you go through an airport that's a really different experience and even like within Europe Mm -hmm. just like you know you queue up and it's like you know if you don't have um if you have a visa there's a stamp that goes into your passport um but the train's or like traveling by cars actually like yeah it, it, I was gonna I want to say transparent but it's it's not it's just you, you you wouldn't necessarily know it you just like realize once you've passed it kind mm-hmm. of well it's a bit different if you have the status of a refugee actually mm-hmm. this makes it very different because then you actually don't have the freedom to travel within Europe mm-hmm. but Apart from that, I actually had the the experience that I went to the Netherlands and uh, I had a bus ticket to go back from the Netherlands to Germany. And mm-hmm. within their uh, registration for the ticket, they actually say that you have to have an identification card, which has to be either your official German ID or your passport. Well... <laughs> I kind of ignored that and just had all of other kind of cards with me with a picture and my name and my date of birth on it. And when I went to the bus, uh, the bus driver told me, I'm sorry, I can't take you with me without an ID. And I was like, this is so weird because I really wasn't aware of it anymore that it's, that it can, that there are situations when the are strict yeah yeah because it seems so open and free you can especially no. with the train you can just go back and forth and no one with the bus you always have to show yeah, yeah. which shows. is like mm. strange where where's the line that you can travel with the bus and have to show your id mm. and if you but travel maybe with a bus train, ticket is cheaper than a train ticket I, yeah. like i hadn't thought about that until just now but then we're also talking about privilege privilege yeah and like yeah. Which we have, like especially like you, like we already mentioned before, that there is a huge population on this planet that is just lucky to be born in a particular region, in a particular, uh, on a particular continent, in a particular country, and they grow up with all this privilege, not only of the country that they're born in, also in this uh, social status that they're born in, mm-hmm. and it, for me, I've. It's very frustrating to see how unreflected a lot of people are about their luck being born into this. They haven't done anything to achieve this. And then being so unreflective about the the struggle and the needs of other people while defending their rights or like their privileges as something they already fought for their whole life and is now endangered through others yeah to put always themselves before others but then trying to like still wanting to benefit from the whole globalization aspect like they are the ones that can travel everywhere they are the Mm -hmm. ones who benefit from all the cultural interaction Mm -hmm. but please 
stay out. Bring yeah. me all the nice culture, no. cultural part, <laughs> but stay. please stay out. No, we don't want uh, Syrians. I don't, then. and I also don't want to see you suffer. You know, yeah. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see these images anymore. And I think mm. this is also, like, for me, an aspect mm -hmm. why I, I decided to not photograph or film at the moment myself because there's so much material in this world already about all these issues that I had the feeling I don't have to produce more. This is not helping it. Like I'm not getting closer to the topic, which is for me still research. It's not that I'm close to the point where I see, ah, oh, yeah, I, I found the essence of what I wanted to say. I'm, I think there will always be parts of what I want to say, and then I say them at a particular time, mm -hmm. but in a bigger picture, they're still all related. Mm -hmm and just small fragments of the, the things that I'm concerned about and that I'm researching and that uh, I find important. I think that's what I'm excited to see actually in the exhibition is mm -hmm. like how people move around Me too. The, the, <laughs> the installation mm -hmm. and like how much effort maybe is going to like be put into that because also considering that like the installation is going to be in kind of like a white cube Absolutely. setting yeah. where we're just used to information being presented to us in like a very accessible way mm -hmm. it's already you know a little bit digested it's already been chewed upon it's like on a nice frame and here you go and this is like this is this is what you're supposed to think mm -hmm. of this exploration that, that I've made and and you're kind of confronting the viewer with the research and and the whole jargon of it and you're just like well this is an overwhelming complex issue absolute yeah that you can either be too close to or too far away from it. it it's like the physicality, I guess, of, of the installation, I guess, does reflect this feeling of how the hell am I supposed to read it? <laughs> well, let's experiment at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm also very curious how it will work once it's up. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much interested in the, in the behavior of the... Mm of the spectator and the, the people come to the exhibition and see how they interact with with the installation, how they behave, how they how they walk, which paths they choose. And yeah, I'm happy it's a it's a free access accessible in, mm -hmm. uh, exhibition. So we not really exclude people by putting uh, a certain amount of money that you have to pay at the entrance. Right, like no, this is already me. something that like helps it also to be accessible to to not say okay this is because it is in a white cube it isn't in an exhibition mm -hmm. situation and I said like oh yeah here come on. here I am as a like as an artist to say oh I'm looking at this and I'm like mm. I think about everyone and like who's excluded and then I put it up in a room that is very excluding also like the museum is really often a space that people don't probably more of an intellectual interest in things 
more uh, fact-based interest, I guess. Mm -hmm. Seeing this, reading about it, finding more facts about it, and then like trying to um, put this into context with my own life. And especially with this kind of, with the topic, uh, with this topic, it is, it was very obvious that it's, that is something that is not really black and white, but there is, it is easy to have an opinion to this, uh, on these kind of things, I guess. Or to me, it's, uh, it seems relatively normal to have a clear cut um, opinion about these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, but it, in specifically for this project, it basically started, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, when I um, was researching about a work um, dealing with homelessness. And I spoke to a um, guy who sold um, ho uh, um, newspapers that uh, that are um, distributed by homeless people mm -hmm. and that support homeless people. And um, he told me about these things that uh, about he made me aware about the fact that in this very street I was sitting with him drinking a cup of coffee. That there that they removed all the benches, all along all along the city, and that there are really a couple only a couple uh, a few streets where they left benches that you uh, you could use to sleep on mm. and then he told me that um, there are a lot of uh, homeless um, people that um, have uh, death because death because because of the fact that they get fined for sleeping on benches and that's why they ultimately then decided to remove these and then this made me look at the place that surrounds me in a whole nother way and mm. that made me research uh, the whole topic of defensive architecture and then one day um, I was walking outside of my door looked across the street and they um, installed a um, what is best described as flower pot weird metal object that holds flowers mm -hmm. and is it kind of like there was a corner before that and then they kind of like straightened out the corner for people uh, not to pee there or drop off things um, or litter whatever and this made me so, this is where the anger part comes in because I was so angry that this is happening in front of my doorstep that I was like okay where's that where's all that stuff there, there has to be more, and then I realized that every time I went, uh, uh, that I go to Cologne or Düsseldorf or even way smaller cities, I uh, encounter these these things on a very basic level, even mm. on my commute to work or to the university, and um, that made me think about the fact, uh, uh, the ways that. Um, people uh, uh, how people are um, affected by this but usually I get and I still don't think that I do it out of an emotional state or that this is the way I work uh, this is um, my mode of working I guess I think I'm still 
trying to be relatively um, um, I, I think that I'm trying to get to work on this on a analytical level and trying to distance myself from this anger but um, basically there are lots of things that I would like really like to do that are really legal when dealing with these things <laughs> it's not that far-fetched to that I would like to go out and re remove some of these things I don't want to deal with these things in a in a way that other artists do like incorporate them into whatever design or I don't know build things that make other people deal with these things I don't want people to deal with this I want these things to remove to be removed to be gone yeah. and I want these idea basically that's what I it's, it's about the idea that I am that I want to challenge that mm. what is this coming from I find this aspect interesting that there are artists that put effort into designing certain things in